Broadcasting from the UNMC College of Nursing, get ready for RN Huddle, the podcast dedicated to bringing hot topics for and by nurses to the table. Well, hello there and welcome to RN Huddle. This is your host, Heidi Keeler, coming to you from Omaha, Nebraska. And today we have a very interesting topic. We're going to be talking about SIM Nebraska. And SIM Nebraska stands for Simulation in Motion Nebraska. And what this is, is a statewide mobile education system that brings state-of-the-art, high-quality, hands-on training using human patient simulators and other technological advances in healthcare. And so originally funded by a grant from the Leona and Harry Helmsley Fund, this was created to bring this kind of training all around the state so that all clinicians, emergency clinicians, hospital workers, and now long-term care and school workers would have access to this technologically advanced and safe training. Because as you know, as a nurse, You want to be able to practice these things in a real setting, as real as you can, so that when it when you see it for real, you're ready for it. So today we're going to be talking to our very own Sim Nebraska team. So let's get started. First of all, let me introduce the team. Today we have Doug Decker. Doug, would you like to introduce yourself at this time? Sure. Thanks, Heidi. And again, my name is Doug Decker. I'm the program manager for Simulation in Motion Nebraska. I have been doing this job and working for UNMC for about five years. And I spent uh, my previous life as a firefighter paramedic for quite a while. I was also a police officer for a while. And I spent some time working in the community college sector uh, directly before I came here. So lots of experience, Doug. Thank you so much. And also with us today is Kelsey Miller. Kelsey, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, thanks for having me. Um, I've been a nurse for about 14 years. I graduated from UNMC, uh, so I have passion there. I have been with Sim Nebraska for about four years, and I can, I'm currently complete, completing my master's degree through university um, in leadership. I've also been a NICU nurse uh, for about eight years, so I have a wide range of skills, and I've enjoyed utilizing simulation both as a professional to gain experience and then also teaching simulation. I live in a rural area, so I understand um, access issues and trying to provide people and providers in our area with evidence-based practice, current practice skills. It's definitely something that some Nebraska is changing and be able to provide to our area. So thank you so much, Kelsey. And and you really did give us a really nice teaser there in the fact that we all know what Sim Nebraska is and have a lot of knowledge about its history, but our listeners are really intrigued at this point as to what is Sim Nebraska, how did it come to be, and what is it accomplishing and what they can expect from Sim Nebraska in the future. So how would you describe Sim Nebraska? So Sim Nebraska is a, a program at the University of Nebraska Medical Center, and we have four 45-foot-long simulation trucks that have a simulated emergency room on one side and a simulated ambulance on the other. And what we're doing is we're taking high-fidelity simulation around the state to the places that normally wouldn't have the opportunity to get that type of training. Uh, as I mentioned in the intro, I spent 
probably 35 years as a EMS provider in the state. And until I started this job, I didn't know what simulation really was. And it is the newest best practice for all healthcare providers, in my opinion. So to be able to deliver this to the rural parts of the state, because that's, that's the foundation of what we do. We go to the critical access hospitals, we go to the rural EMS systems, and we conduct the training right in their parking lot and allow them to train as an entire team. So you don't have to you know, leave somebody home to work the ER shift or leave somebody home to work or cover the EMS calls. They can train as a team and it's just getting them the best practice training that they can get. And we're just very, very pleased to do that. Like I said, that, that's our foundation of what we do. That is so interesting, Doug. Now you mentioned that simulation is best practice and that until you started working for Sim Nebraska, you didn't really know what it is. Kelsey, I want to talk to you about nursing education and when you went through your undergrad nursing training and even now, is simulation a part of your training? What, what yes. is simulation and, and, and what does it mean for nursing education? Simulation, well, when I was in it, we did do some. It wasn't as team, a team-based approach um, about 14 years ago when I went through, but they were starting to implement it. Um, when I did graduate from nursing school, I was working in Denver, and they used simulation um, as a interprofessional collaboration tool, and they would videotape us in these simulation scenarios, and then we'd have to work with the team members to identify each other's positive and negative you know, like what we did well, what we didn't do well. And it was a actually a really, it was a safe team building opportunity. And you're seeing more and more of that in the nursing programs, more and more providers are coming in and working with the nursing students. So it's interprofessional, it's building collaboration skills, teaching nursing students how to talk to providers or nurse practitioners. Also um, leadership as in my master's program, we've use simulation to develop leadership skills between different levels of leadership and how to work through those kinds of simulation scenarios. So simulation is really how it sounds like the nursing students or the EMS providers or any clinician goes into the simulation area and what do they do? Is it with live patients? Is it with mannequins? What, what is simulation exactly? It can be both. The trucks primarily only use mannequins. But in the nursing field, we've also used um, standardized patients uh, for like mental illness or those kinds of screenings and simulation. So it really, it's a very broad term and you can make it to be what you want it to be. And you can make the experience what you need and it's very adaptable. So here in our College of Nursing and also here at UNMC, we have pretty robust simulation rooms and simulation suites. We have high fidelity mannequins and really are, are diving into the 2D, 3D technology to really simulate a live experience in a safe, controlled environment. So take us through what going into the simulation trucks, take us through that experience. What's in the truck? What does the truck bring to a simulation? How is this beneficial to the communities that you're serving? What the truck is, it's a symbol, I think to the communities that their emergency healthcare providers, whether they be hospital providers or whether they be EMS providers, are taking another step towards bringing them better care. And then when the providers step into the truck, there's the two areas that I mentioned before. There's the emergency room area, which is 
probably on the, the size of a small critical access hospital emergency room. And in there, we've got code carts, we've got monitors. Uh, so when the patient is on the cot being worked on or on the, the bed being worked on, there's vital sign monitor up on the wall. There's another monitor that if x-rays are requested or CAT scans or labs, things of that nature, we can put those things up on the, the screen. So the providers that are training at the time, the nurses and, and docs and the like that are training can see what those results are. We've got defibrillators, we've got IV pumps, we've got basically any equipment that you would want in the truck. Now we don't have every single brand that folks would have. So sometimes there's a little bit of accommodations that have to be made because maybe we don't have the same defibrillator that a, a hospital has or whatever, but we have real medical equipment. So we're trying to get away from, well, now I would do this and, and not following up with it. If you're going to start an IV, we want you to, to place that IV. You may not actually stick the, the mannequin, but we're still going to have you pull the IV catheters out, the start kits, the bag, uh, the admin set, all of those things, and put those all together so you're going through as many of the steps as possible in the simulation. We also have a control room that's in between the two areas. And in that control room is where the facilitators sit. They don't go into the room. So when the nurse or other provider that's in there asks the question of the patient, it's the patient that's entering because the simulation, human simulators that we have, you can do that. You can ask them questions and they will respond. So basically it's, it's an area that is as close to the real thing as possible. And if you're going to shock the patient, you would shock the patient. You're not just going to reach up and say, okay, well, I'm charging uh, my, my fake simulator that's not really sitting here and now I'm delivering a shock. You're actually charging the simulator. You're actually delivering the shock to the patient. So you're going through all of the steps. You're feeling the vital signs on the patients. You're hearing their heart sounds. You're hearing their lung sounds. You're watching their respirations. You're seeing their pupils react. You're seeing them have a seizure. So it's as realistic as we can possibly make it and get the best training event possible to the people that are in the truck with us. You know, I can imagine that with it being so real, it really feels like the atmosphere feels like an actual event. And, you know, when we're calm and we're just talking through the steps, that's one thing. But when you feel like it's really happening, you know, something happens in your mind and your performance that you just can't train unless you have that atmosphere of reality in it. So that's, that sounds amazing. And I'd just like to, to go back to one point that Kelsey made. You know, uh, she also mentioned standardized patients, and that is something that we're actually adding to what we do, is we're actually piloting in the, the southeast region of the state some standardized patient type things. So we're going to actually move into some of the hybrid type things where maybe we're using a standardized patient for a little bit and then moving over into the simulator once we've started it with a standardized patient. So Doug, when you say that you have trucks are you telling me that you are literally bringing simulation suites out into the community? All of the things that were just said as far as 2D, 3D, things of that nature that you mentioned, Heidi, we work for the overall simulation program. We're part of IXL here at UNMC. And so we have all of those things in this building, and we're looking for ways that we can adapt some of the brick and mortar type things, the, the 2D, the 3D, 
the virtual reality, augmented reality, and bring those into the trucks and take them out to the rural. Now, there, there are certain things that we can't do because it, it takes up too much space, but uh, you know, we have a simulation suite that's an emergency room, much like a critical access hospital. We have an emergency or an ambulance suite that is much like what you would see in the back of an ambulance I spent uh, so many years in. And so we try and make it as realistic as possible for folks and, and take the, the brick and mortar things that you're seeing at the College of Nursing at the IXL building here on campus and bring as much of that out into the rural as possible. That is amazing. So what I'm hearing is that how the progression is for nurses is, is we go to nursing school and some of us may have had simulation experience of one degree or another while we were in school. And then we graduate and we go out into the world. And some of us work in urban areas and maybe have access to simulation suites or various forms of simulation. But if you are not privy to be close to something like that, what I'm hearing is, is that Sim Nebraska is literally picking up that technology and taking it across the state. Is that how it works? That is exactly how it works. And, and to that, you know, we've done almost 500 trainings across the state in the last four years, minus 15 months of COVID suspension time. And we've traveled over 72,000 miles. So we're not just sitting idle in Omaha and, and Kearney and Norfolk and Scotts Bluff where the trucks live. You know, we're going to the rural areas of the state and we're training with them. And, and we are taking that right to 87 of the 93 counties in the state right now. We're working to get those last six taken care of. Wow, that is amazing. So it sounds like the practitioners, the clinicians, the healthcare workers of Nebraska really have an advantage here because we have Sim Nebraska, who is able to take the very best of simulation and bring it right to their locations. Talk through what a, a Sim Nebraska experience is like. I'm, I'm sure that you've identified critical simulations and areas of practice that are probably ripe for this kind of collaboration. Can you explain that for us? So what we focus on when we do our simulation training is we focus on what the requesting agency or facility wants. You know, I, I spent time most of my career in Northeast Nebraska. I did not spend my time in Mullen, Nebraska or Bridgeport, Nebraska. Uh, so I don't know what their needs are. Even Kelsey, who lives out of that area, may not know exactly what the needs are of a certain agency or facility. So we let them tell us what they would like to do. We've got about 60 CAN scenarios that we have that we, we use as a base. But that, that being said, we can go ahead and, and create a scenario if it needs to be specific to something that they're doing. What we have found is that a lot of what we've been requested to do is the high criticality or high acuity, low frequency things the imminent childbirth. You know, when I first started this job, I didn't realize that hospitals didn't deliver babies on purpose sometimes, you know, there are hospitals that don't deliver. But that being said, if the, if the baby decides it's time to be born, even though your hospital doesn't have a delivery program, you're going to be delivering a baby. So we have a lot of facilities that want us to do just natural childbirth type things, you know, nothing uh, spectacular as far as shoulder dystocia, which we can do, but they just want to practice on childbirth. We also find a lot of Folks are very concerned about pediatrics and anything pediatric, pediatric asthma, though, seems to be something that folks are really wanting to train on. And so those are our probably top two topics. And again, for the most part, we let the facility pick the training and we 
we give them what they need because they're the ones that know that they know what they need. Right. So what it sounds like is, you know, if you are in a a more rural location, if you are not in an urban trauma center, for example, if you're in an urban setting, you have high volume of certain conditions and you have enough staff that you can have specialists and people who are well-trained in those different conditions, but out in more rural areas that are away from the urban centers, Clinicians have to be more general in their knowledge and and may not have the volume of these critical uh, situations. And so what it sounds like here is that Sim Nebraska is allowing clinicians to practice these situations that may not be high in volume, but are very critical should they arrive in the, the care area. You mentioned a couple, but what are some other examples of those highly critical, but potentially lower volume situations that, that you've been a part of? Pediatric, just about everything, but even the things that don't sound like they're low volume, but they really can be cardiac arrest. You know, the, the most crucial patient that we can ever get in healthcare is someone who's, who's arrested and just practicing the teamwork around an arrest is one of the things that, that we work on it. Also, not necessarily the a certain condition, but, you know, just the teamwork aspect of it, because so often we're not able to tra- train as a team. And we spend a lot of time talking about teamwork and not only teamwork amongst the hospital staff that's there, but the allied health staff that's working with them. Or uh, in the EMS world, we talk with them about what it's going to be like at three o'clock in the morning at a critical access hospital that may only have two nurses on staff. Well, now the team is the EMS staff and the hospital staff. So we spend a lot of time working on that interprofessional collaboration. We try and bring that into almost every single event that we do. And some of the other folks that are asking for some things around stroke is another highly requested and then trauma, Uh, just because it's really not low frequency, but there's just such a wide variety of trauma out there. We have a lot of folks that ask to look at those different types of trauma events that may not be as common, you know, amputations, things like that. That is very fascinating. You know, (laughs) I guess these different situations that you just outlined is definitely not something that you want to be practicing while it's happening. (laughs) But so Sim Nebraska allows you to practice and practice and practice and not just isolated, but practice with the real care team. You know, earlier we mentioned that nurses, we do simulation as part of nursing school, but we don't necessarily practice in different healthcare team simulation settings. Could you tell us more about this interprofessional setup that Sim Nebraska deliberately designs in each of its events? Sure. The interprofessional part of it is we want to make sure that when we go to a critical access hospital, we don't want to train just the ER staff or just the nurses. And I realize that at a critical access hospital, the ER nurse is the nurse that's not working the floor at the time, that's not working OB, that's not working surgery. As you said, uh, Heidi, everybody has to be a generalist when you get into the rural parts of the state. But we also encourage them when we get there to bring their lab folks, to bring their respiratory therapy folks, to bring their providers and have that teamwork there. And when I say team, I don't mean just the nursing staff. I mean the entire healthcare team that's there. And we do the same thing with the the EMS providers. You know, a lot of them say, okay, we're going to come, but the firefighters, we're not going to have them be there. Well, do they come to your ambulance calls? Yeah. Okay. Well, then they should be there. So we really encourage 
folks to, to look at when a patient comes in, who works on the patient? And we ask them to try and include as many of those other ancillary type folks in the training as possible. So they train, train their entire interprofessional team, not just one segment of it. That is definitely beneficial. Kelsey, as a nurse, uh, what are your thoughts on this interprofessional approach to simulation training? How do you think this impacts uh, nursing? And, and what other tidbits would you like to share from the nursing perspective? Um, simulation offers just practice on communication. I think nurses at first can be timid with talking to providers and asking for resources or certain cares for a patient, but this gives them a safe environment to build communication skills and build those teamwork skills and really show that you're working towards the same goal. Also, our program offers debriefing. So we go through a simulation, we debrief with everyone, and then we give them the chance to do it again together so they can continue to work through those communication issues, develop more of that teamwork so they can continue to practice. The on-site training has shown to improve staff confidence. So the more times we can repeat with these providers and then talk through it, we're just adding to their confidence. We're adding to their skill set. So that's been a positive that I've seen through this program. So as a nurse, my ears just completely perked up when you said you provide debrief and then you offer a chance to do it over. I know that if, if you've been a nurse long enough, you've probably been in a situation where real clinical situation where you wish you could go back and do things over again. So the, the fact that Sim Nebraska intentionally trains and then allows for the do-over and that intentional practice, that's amazing. Kelsey, one more question. Tell me a little bit more about how communication and advocacy play into this, because, you know, when you think of simulation, you think, well, we're going to do a pediatric case today, or we're going to do a cardiac event today, but rarely do you think we're going to practice our communication today. Tell us about how that's knitted in. I don't ever tell them that that's what we're doing because <laughs> it can be, you know, I don't say this, this, we're going to work on our communication. I really approach it as this is a safe learning environment. Um, and if people are hesitant to interact or get involved, I give them roles, specific roles to do during the simulation. And then after debriefing, I talk about, you know, the importance of communicating, walking through, you know, going through the scenario and then I'll switch roles. So maybe someone who's a little less timid or a little fearful of the communication part will have to practice that. They might have to be the team leader. I always state that this is a safe learning environment. No one's judging anyone. It's, you know, it's confidential. So I just, just making sure they feel safe and that they, it's an open learning environment. It's kind of how I approach it when I'm working a scenario with the providers. Awesome. I, I'm sure that uh, tipping somebody off that you're going to be looking at communication is probably not the best thing to do. <laughs> Make it be a little bit uh, unauthentic there. My last question for today is, uh, is there anything else that you'd like to tell us about Sim Nebraska and the amazing program that you've built? I think my last thoughts are that I live in the rural area and I, ask, I access care here. So high fidelity simulation that's brought by Sim Nebraska really provides a cost-effective approach to delivering these shared resources to these hospitals um, so they can have confidence in their skills um, it's really an opportunity to train these providers and these generalists 
to care for people as best as they can in these areas. So I appreciate that, that I have the opportunity to work for Center Nebraska, but I also get to have the benefits as, you know, accessing the care here also. And I guess from my perspective, I have just two points that I want to make. One goes along with something that, that Kelsey said about it being a safe environment. You know, when, when I go and do a simulation event with a group, one of the things that, that we talk about in the briefing is, you know, what went well. And then we talk about, well, maybe what didn't go well. And people tend to, to feel bad about their mistakes. And I tell them, when, when we're doing a simulation, I'm celebrating your mistakes. If you've made a mistake in the back of, of our simulation truck, and you know that that was a mistake, and you go, I am never going to do that again, that's amazing. Because that means that you've made a mistake on a mannequin that's not going to suffer from the mistake. And you're going to go out and when you have a real patient, you're not going to make that mistake again. You know, that's something that, that happened in my career. I made a mistake early on and I made it with an actual patient. And fortunately, it wasn't a life and death mistake, but it was a mistake nonetheless. But I never made that mistake again. So if we can have that happen in the truck, I, I tell them to celebrate their mistakes. That's great. The other thing that I want to make sure everybody understands about Sim Nebraska is we spent a lot of time talking about critical access hospitals and nursing staff there and EMS providers and, and their staff. I know very well that a nurse is not a nurse is not a nurse. Just because you work in a hospital, you get simulation, but we want to take it outside of the hospital also. We want to take it to primary care physician offices. We want to take it to long-term care facilities. That's something that Kelsey helped us with in her master's degree program. She did some research and things like that. And we haven't got there yet. You know, we can only do so many things at a time, but I want to get us into doing training at long-term care facilities. And the pandemic has really shown the need there. They are frontline workers also. And we need to help them get the, the simulation training that can help them. And another area that we want to get into is school nursing. And we have already done that. My wife spent a lot of years working as a health tech para in a school. And so I know the needs of the school healthcare team, the nurses, the, the paraprofessionals that work with them are high. And we actually had another master's degree nurse here in the Omaha area. I did a research project on school nursing. And that's what got us started was that research project. And we've done, oh, probably a dozen or so trainings at schools working with the school nurses because they're taking care of our most precious commodity, which is our kids. And it's not just you know, Johnny got a, a bloody nose when he fell off the swing set. It's broken bones. It is concussions. It's G-tubes. It is uh, seizure disorders for the, the highly fragile students that are in the school. And so we need to get that training to them too. And so that's another area that we're looking at is not just, not just nursing in the hospital setting, but nursing in multiple settings throughout the whole spectrum of healthcare. Well, it sounds like wherever there's a need, Sim Nebraska is there and is there with high fidelity, high reality, and with safety. So Doug, Kelsey, thank you so much for talking with us today about Sim Nebraska. I've definitely enjoyed learning more about the, the program, and I hope nurses who are listening to this feel a sense of pride and excitement about this type of training every piece of training makes us that much better. And we definitely thank you for bringing this out into, into the, the care arenas that it's needed so much. 
So thank you, both of you. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you for having us today, Heidi. And thank you, Heidi, for inviting us and also to the audience today. I know firsthand from some family that has been ill over the last year during the pandemic, not just with COVID, but other reasons that the nurses have truly been the line in the sand for a lot of different uh, issues that have gone on. And I want to just give my personal thanks to everyone, not only for what you've done throughout your career, but especially for what you've done over this last 20 months or so. Thank you. Well, that's all we have today for RN Huddle. I hope you've enjoyed this episode talking with Doug Decker and Kelsey Miller from the Sim Nebraska program. I hope you've learned a lot about training, about preparedness, and the needs that our nurses have across the state in the way of training. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time here on RN Huddle. Thank you for listening to RN Huddle. To stay connected, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at UNMC CNE or check out unmc.edu slash CNE for more program information.